welcome to the Perils of Parenting podcast. <laughs> uh, it's another exciting week and talking about the uh, pitfalls of parenting. Uh, how are you, Clint? I'm fine, and I'm glad I'm not a parent. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, this is Cinebabble episode three. Uh, Clint has once again stumbled into family drama at my house, and uh, that was fun. Yeah. A little, little argument with the teenager over homework. Uh, and uh, Clint just sat there and pretended that it wasn't happening. I mean, I don't know what other option I have at that point. You didn't really. No. You just you sit and you yeah. wait it out, sort of like a bear attack. You just lay real still. <laughs> yeah, you just I just curl up in a ball and let it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah, that's how it works. I'm sure so, the listener will be happy to be a part of this. <laughs> I guess. Uh, we have uh, three very interesting movies to get to a little bit later today, but we're just going to dive in with hours a little bit of from later from hours. <laughs> just stick around; it'll happen. <laughs> We'll get there eventually. Uh, Clint and I haven't been watching very much. We talked about that beforehand. Um, but uh, is there anything you've been watching? Uh, what I've been watching about, I oh yeah, what you watching about, Clint? <laughs> yeah, you gave me a hard time. I know. Forgetting about Let's it reset last this and just be real professional here. This is Cinebabble episode three. I'm your host Kenny Brown, uh, and this is my co-host uh, Clint Jones. Uh, Hello. Back to where we were. So, what you watching about, Clint? <laughs> what you watching about? Um, well, I haven't been watching a lot, but <laughs> I, uh, with the holiday season, you know, this great season of ours. Season of lights. Season of lights. Yeah. 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 All Sleepy Hollows Eve. Oh, yeah. 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 Um. I've been going through some horror movies and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I well, the only thing I really in note was I rewatched Alien for oh, probably the millionth time. So good. Yeah, it's always great. But it was it was kind of eventful because I made Jenny watch it with me and she had never seen it before. She's never seen Alien. No. What did her brain do while watching Alien? Well, it's always risky showing her a horror movie like she likes certain ones like Rosemary's Baby and The Shining, mm-hmm. the classic kind of stuff. But I thought, well, she might be okay with this. It's in that time period, the 70s, and so it kind of takes the edge off the horror a little bit. Like, there's a little bit of a buffer, I think, that she can deal with it. And uh, it did freak her out, but she did enjoy it. She like It was fun because afterwards she's like asking questions about like what what happened and what's, how's this tie into that. So nice. it did... Um, tap into her brain and she enjoyed it. So I was happy about that. I guess it was a trade-off. She made me go to the parade downtown. Ooh, ooh, I'm sorry. I'm so, <laughs> and so, so, so I was sorry. like, on the way home, I'm like, we're going to watch Aliens. The Alsatia Mummers Parade. Yeah. But it, actually, it was kind of fun. I don't know. It yeah. felt like a fall thing to do. The parade? Yeah. Parades are never fun, Clint. It, it was, I, Get out I mean, it was the first lies. parade I've been to since your I was propaganda. Like, <laughs> your parade propaganda. <laughs> I'm a big parade pusher. <laughs> You want a big pharmaceutical yeah, big, big parade. parade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though it was a sure. medium-sized yeah. parade. Now, did Alien hold up for you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll never stop loving I that know. movie. I, yeah. I think there's all of one shot in that movie where I'm always like, yeah, it's a little dated. Um, and But I still love it. I love it for all of its practical beauty. Yeah, yeah. It's when, it's, the, when the little chestburster skimpers across oh, the table. Oh, I know, yeah. And I'm always like, oh, that's on track. Yeah. But I'm like, I kind of love that it. it's There's on track. There's also that shot and where they um, out, um, what's his name, as the uh, 
as the android. Oh, when you first see his head. Yeah, when his head's and they like forward. and they tip it back up and then it's clearly yeah. now his human right. head. And yeah. uh, but I was like, oh, not okay. a human head. Human a head. Human head. <laughs> but I, I forgive it for that. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. yeah, I still love that she rolls up paper and or he rolls up paper. I know the the magazine tries to, and tries to shove her down her yeah. throat. Yeah, that's such like a Ugh. visceral thing. Like I could feel like yeah. paper on my teeth. Yeah. and just freaks me out. Well, and somebody I forget what I was reading or watching. Uh, somebody just very casually said, "Oh, just like uh, the face hugger uh, with." Um, was it Ash? Ash is the one with the chest burster, right? Yeah. Uh, just like the face hugger, uh, it's it's all about like something going down the throat and, and yeah, causing yeah, a danger. And it I, just never occurred to me that even a little detail like how he's going to kill Ripley. Yeah, uh, ties I never in really thematically with everything two. that this alien has been doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wish I could give credit to somebody, whoever it was. They were very casual, like it was obvious. And yeah. I've watched this movie so many times, and it was the first time I was like, ah. Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense because it is quite a choice to <laughs> kill somebody that way, and that I like that. It's a very specific yeah, choice. Yeah, it's very specific. And not one that's going to look like an accident. No, no. <laughs> oh, she rolled up a magazine, and she was running, and she tripped. <laughs> and she fell on the magazine. Uh-huh. Poor, poor, poor Ripley. What a tragedy. Or, or, didn't she know we had food? Like, why is she <laughs> trying to consume that magazine hole like a python? <laughs> Um, I'm I'm watching right now uh, just because you brought up Alien. It's called Memory: The Origin of Alien. It's a documentary. You can find it on Amazon uh, for a rental fee. I, it comes out on Blu-ray in a week or two, and I suspect it'll be free uh, on one of the streaming services. It's a really interesting documentary. Yeah, really interesting. It delves further into uh, theme and story and character and intention. Mm behind the creation of alien than most movie documentaries would do yeah uh it's it's really well made almost to the point of being a a tad pretentious Mm, it opens with a scene that sort of blends some alien imagery uh with uh this depiction of the oracles at delphi so it opens with this very uh surreal fictionalized art piece and then it goes into the documentary proper but as you see what the documentary is doing Okay, now I see why that opening was what the opening was. Because it really kind of, what is it about that story that so infected the minds of the creators and then in turn so infected the minds of people that watched it? Uh Uh, And it's really well done. Uh, Really interesting interviews, a really good lineup of interviews. Nice. Um, I think the only thing that would have capped it off is if they had somehow uh, a little bit of necromancy and brought Geiger back from the dead <laughs> to speak yeah. in his just adorable German accent. Did you see the documentary about him that yes. came out a few years ago? I loved that documentary. Yeah. And it was fun to see like the process of Alien from that angle yep. of, of the artist yeah. and just see him in his later years yeah. as he's declined. And it's it's sad, and but also just interesting to kind of tap into his mind for a a little bit well and it's interesting because so many of the movies from the 70s don't have a wealth of production material available right but it some of these around ridley scott or george lucas like star wars and blade runner and alien and there's a tremendous amount of material like this documentary i was shocked at how many stories and uh like behind the scenes photos and different things like that like i've never seen any of these and you could really tell they went out of their way to piece together things uh and and um takes that you hadn't heard or seen before right so it was it was really interesting i 
I appreciated it. And um, by the end of it, I was I was really glad I watched it. At first, again, because of that little art piece at the beginning, I'm like, <laughs> what am I watching now? <laughs> but it was good. Yeah. You watching anything else? That is that is almost literally everything I've had time for other than what we're going to be talking about later. That's the only thing of really substance that I've seen the past week. I mean, uh, random episodes of television that I've probably seen a hundred <laughs> times, like The Office or something, but nothing that's worth talking about. Did you watch the episode nine trailer? Uh, yeah, I did. I, okay. I saw Thoughts? Because I know you're you're really nervous about trailers that spoil. <laughs> Uh, major developments from a film. How did you feel this one worked out? Well, I went into it. I I think we were messaging back and forth, and I didn't want to watch it. You're not supposed to give away that I already <laughs> knew the answer to the question I just asked. You're well, supposed to play along, Clint. Oh, no, I did watch that, Ken. I don't want to pull this veil back. I mean, <laughs> I don't really. Um, well, I didn't want to watch it because I was really in, like, into the past few trailers because it really didn't show anything mm-hmm. much of all at all so i was kind of excited that they were um not really trying to reveal too much before mm-hmm. everyone went into it yeah. so i was a little apprehensive about watching it because i didn't want to know more than i already knew mm-hmm. but then you uh kind of 11th ass- grade peer pressure dude yeah, a little bit <laughs> you assured me that it didn't really show too much that was new and it it more kind of conveyed the emotion of it being the end of this um, chapter, and so I, I yeah I went and watched it. I there I said it. I watched it. You watched it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. I, um, I liked it. I liked it. Same reason you did. It didn't. I didn't get a sense of the story or the order. Or really, what they were going for. It was much more the emotion and yeah. the that feeling of it. It really had a grand an entire series of movies kind of coming to a culmination yeah. feel to it. That was It was hard to put my finger on, but it felt that way. Yeah, it um, felt that way, but I also was thinking the whole time, like, it doesn't feel like it should be yet. Yeah. I feel like it's just the beginning, and yeah. I know it's going to go off in different directions, yeah. but it's just weird to think that this chapter is already over when I kind of feel like it... What, not a lot has happened yet, but yeah. I guess. Oh, and again, we've mentioned that before, but that's compressing those episodes seven and eight because yeah. they take place back to back. Yeah. You lose what you gained in some of the other Star Wars movies where you felt that passage of time right. between films and you're catching up with characters. Yeah. You didn't get that with episode eight. It almost felt like a 7.5. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I'm really I'm curious how this one goes. Uh, the only thing that made me nervous in the whole thing was Space Horses. <laughs> I don't know what they've really continued that in the new trilogy and it was really something that just needed to die after Tauntauns. Tauntauns and Empire Strikes Back were lovely. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. Uh, they're fantastic, but I haven't seen a rideable creature since that's made me like, yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, it's always tricky when that it's like so close to what we know yeah. as a horse. It's just that's all you can picture is yeah. space horse and that's it's just like try to yeah like the tauntauns is alien enough yeah. i think yeah, yeah it just well and i didn't look close enough at the the little shot in the trailer with space horses riding on a ship but i swear if it's those casino horses <laughs> oh god i i might just get up and leave the theater yeah 
I, I, I really enjoyed episode eight, but man, that casino scene and those horses that or was, those steeds, whatever they were, that was rough. They're human, human faces. Yeah. I just, uh, I would love to just cut out that whole chunk of that. You film. could too. Yeah. It's it like would. we're flying away on a ship and then just dub in a line where it didn't work. Okay. Anyway, that whole section has no consequence no. on any of the rest of the movie. None. They go there. They don't succeed. They leave. If they got a guy that can pick a lock. They don't have to pick. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Yeah. And you really could cut it out and just like, oh, who's this Benicio del Toro guy? Oh, he must have already been on the ship. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Casino Planet, not my favorite. But yeah, I was really happy with the trailer. I love the visuals. I love the tone of it. I love that swell of music. That'll always get me. Oh yeah, um, I know. How can you not feel something after that comes in? Now, so your perfect trailer. So let's talk art of trailers here and (laughs) making trailers. Uh, Because sometimes you get very upset that you've seen a trailer. And sometimes you're just like, okay, that was my trailer. Yeah. What are the... give Give me like three things that like a trailer needs to be or doesn't need to be. What are your like... Well, I think really like what we're talking about the earlier, like the first trailer for Star Wars, I think was pretty great. I like when they just kind of throw some visuals there to wet your palate and get you curious. And I don't want them to show big chunks of the plot. Do you feel like they're figuring that out more? Because it feels like there was a time there a couple of years ago where... Man, trailers just basically yeah. spelled out the whole movie right. for you. Yeah, I think like J.J. Abrams and some people, like he's really into that because I feel like with Super 8 and stuff, like they really, it was just hinting at what it was and they didn't show anything for that film. So I think they're like him, like David Fincher, I feel like they're really have a lot of control over their trailers. In my mind with that, I always go back to the original Matrix trailer. Do you remember that? In 99? The original Matrix trailer showed very little, and it was, what's the Matrix? You have to come see this movie to find out. And it made the actual movie such a different experience because you're piecing together all the things that most trailers would have spelled out from the beginning. Inception did that, too. Uh, mm -hmm. Especially, the I can't remember the later ones, but... Um, the early ones, I remember it was just almost like a ticking clock or something. Yeah. That, and you had no idea yeah. what was going on, but you need to see this yeah. to understand what in the world you're seeing. Yeah. And now it feels like there's trailers and pre-trailers and commercials for the trailer. And oh. then they'll call something a final trailer, but then they'll have eight different commercials on television after that that yeah, I, one show of my way too much. Biggest pet peeves recently are like the the promos for a trailer coming tomorrow. The trailers for the trailer. Yeah, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. So don't give away too much. Don't trailer your trailer. (laughs) What's your number three? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I can tell you what my number three is. Yeah, you fill it in. I I don't know. I am so dead uh, and over the critics say, or here's a quote about the movie. Or like when narrator voice comes in and tells you what you're supposed to feel in this moment. Um, No, thank you. I love, and it's not Star Wars is not the only trailer that does that. But just the different lines, completely out of context, but layered over top the trailer. That almost in a meta way seem to be speaking about the movie yeah i am such a sucker it's for fantastic that. It's, like yeah yeah, yeah. that's the saying, stuff i do not yeah yeah you know. i i have another one that if <laughs> if this disappears i will be so happy okay 
the and I think this might actually go back to Inception, which at the time that I think this was the first time it happened, but the <laughs> that sat like low bass rumble thing that they put in to like yeah. This, yeah. Or it's it's just that that drop. It's that bass drop that yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> techno whale sound. I don't know what it's called. But it, every trailer puts that in. Everything puts that in now and it's just it drives me mad. Yeah, where they do that dolly zoom and like woo. Yeah, they do that at the same time yeah. as that. Like yeah. you're you're right there with the character mm-hmm. and they just realize and something. And the bottom's big. falling out. Yeah. 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 So we can do away with that too. Yes, please. Okay. Yeah, I I feel like trailers are starting to understand. I feel like filmmakers have more of a hand in some of the main promotional materials for the film. Yeah. Uh, than than they had previously. Mm-hmm. It seems like trailers used to be much more of a studio driven thing, whereas now it feels like the promos that you get after the trailers are yeah. studio driven, whereas the trailers feel much more crafted by people that are a little more. Uh, at home with cloaking spoilers and and um, still finding things that bring people into a movie without giving everything away. Yeah, I think they can also. I know they're trying to create excitement and um, get more people interested as it's the movie's getting closer. But I think doing like four or five trailers for a film is a little ridiculous. I do too. I, the Marvel I, films do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I just I'm a big fan of two. Yeah. Like one really early on that just gives me some images yeah. and, and kind of a oh here's the tone yeah. the movie's gonna have, or here's some of the new visuals. And then a second one that just firms up the story a little bit. Yeah. Like doesn't give away everything, but just like a, a good synopsis where through visuals or lines you get a sense of, okay, here's the central conflict, here's the setting, here's where the characters are. Yeah. Um but I, much more than that, you run out of things. You're to just repeating put in the, the same images in different contexts and stuff, yeah. and, and then uh, it's just too much. Yeah, and and I appreciate it sometimes. Like in this one, it was the same shot of Leia. The only thing you see of Leia is similar to what you saw in the first one. Uh-huh. Good. I already know that they're going to be using her sparingly. I don't need more Leia. Yeah. I want to see how it works in the film, and I don't want to know that ahead of time. Right. Uh, and that shot gets me every time. <laughs> every time. Now, did you care at all that C-3PO is like, I'm just, I'm clearly going to die or be wiped away? <laughs> do, do you have any affinity for C-3PO? I have never met somebody who is just like, my Star Wars guy, 3PO. When all the other kids wanted to be Han and Luke, 3PO. I like him in the duo with uh, R2. Yeah. Like, I like them together as a pair. So I think that would be a little sad, like, if they do end up killing him off a little bit. I, I wouldn't say... I think as a kid, I did enjoy the idea of this android. Yeah. Like, this gold android. Because I, 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 I was just into that, the robotics. I still the, love him in the in the original trilogy. Yeah. I love how they use him. I think they use him wisely. Right. I think it was the prequels that did me in with C-3PO. Yeah. Um, I mean, they did everyone in with a lot of things. So. <laughs> I think it was the moment that he had a battle droid head. And his head was on a battle droid body. And I was like, yeah. he says, die, Jedi, die. And what I just say? Oh, oh no. Oh. That was the moment. I was just yeah. like, oh. Oh. But anyway. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, anything that happens is going to be a, probably a little bit of emotional if it's 
and tied to that series. I don't know. It's, I but I wouldn't say he's my favorite character. Well, emotional connection to Star Wars. Here's a fun transition. So Disney Plus <laughs> is coming next week. It's going to have a bunch of Star Wars stuff, including yeah. The Mandalorian. Are you excited about Disney Plus? Are you going to? Is this is this deserving of your twelve dollars a month? Is it twelve dollars? I don't know. I thought I it was like that seven dollars. Sure, it's seven dollars. Okay, maybe it's, it's twelve dollars with Hulu. I don't know. I don't know. Well, <laughs> that's it's kind of like an emotional hijack. They're like, we have you. Seriously. Yeah, like you love all this stuff. Now you're gonna pay for it. Yeah. I, I'm. I don't know. I probably will because I am yeah. interested in the Mandalorian and some of the other things. There are plenty. Like the they have another um, Star Wars series, right? Like an animated. Yeah, they're they're working on that. They're working on Obi Wan series. Yeah, and there's all a couple the of Marvel, Marvel series. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you see the new Mandalorian trailer with far more Walter Herzog? Herzog, Herzog, Warner Herzog, Warner, Warner, Warner. Just Warner down the local Walter, store. Walter Herzog. Warner. He's my neighbor. No, <laughs> Warner Herzog. Uh, did you see the new Mandalorian trailer with more Warner Herzog? <sighs> Werner? Failing here. Herzog. Werner, you said it wrong, too. Herzog. 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 Werner Herzog. Herzog. Did you see the new trailer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. It's fun. It's good. Yeah. It, it, was, it makes me happy. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about with trailers, where I just I don't want to take in too much. I'm excited for it already. I, now, do you feel like you're going to be taking in too many streaming services? Is Disney Plus? Oh yeah, I feel like that, that too now. many now. Oh okay. I was questioning up until they started announcing things for it. Like, am I really going to get it? Yeah, uh, I still am. Like, I might after the Mandalorian is done, just get rid of it until the next thing. A lot of people will jump on and they're like, okay, I'm going to pick up HBO and just watch all of the HBO stuff this month. Now I'm going to drop HBO, cancel it, and I'm going to pick up yeah. uh, you know, Disney Plus. I'm going to watch all the Disney Plus stuff and drop it. I'm assuming that's why places like Hulu are moving more towards with uh, Handmaid's Tale, how they would release that first four-episode chunk, but then it was episode at a time after yeah. that. I, yeah. I'm assuming that's to draw out people. Um, but I, I mean, It's possible. I, I actually really prefer... Uh, recently prefer when they do that where it's episodic and each week gives me something to look forward to yeah. it, it gives you time to talk to somebody about it. it just the whole idea of binging it just has started to make me feel really sick like yeah. actually like you're binging a bunch like of physically like sick. physically like you're binging <laughs> like you sit there for hours watching something and it's gone yeah. i like that there's some time now that, or people are getting back to giving a little time to digest it and think about it and be excited for the next week. I, I think that's probably a healthier way to consume things. I think so. And it spreads yeah. it out and it yeah. gives you more time to, like Watchmen right now, I want to think about it. I want to have time to process and look forward to and figure out what's yeah. happened and be ready for the next thing. And there's something really exciting about that, that yeah. that's gone when you really Netflix-style binge yeah, like an I, entire series. I can't actually binge anymore. Like I can't sit for... Yeah. like five hours and go through a series i have like at the most i'll watch two episodes yeah. and even then, even when it's available i've started to watch it that way yeah. it's just it's it's far more pleasant yeah uh, it's easier on the mind yeah um and you it's really, a little tricky when you go to news sites and things online you got to watch out for for some of that but yeah because it, it gives you a chance to really think about it and 
just take it in in a, a better way where you're actually can remember what happened. Yeah. yeah. I think my big concern with all the streaming services is I worry right now there's the studio system and they produce content. Yeah. And then there were these streaming services. Well, these, these streaming services have original content, but the only reason they're able to afford and develop original content in the first place is because they had all of these movies. And so you would go to Netflix, you would go to Hulu for all of their other TV series that they had from NBC, CBS, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would go to them for all of this this block of movies. There was a lot of content for your money. Right. If every studio, if Disney has its own streaming service, if Universal has its own streaming service, and Warner has its own streaming Apple service coming through and... HBO Max, they're all going to have their content. Yeah. And so something like a Netflix or a Hulu isn't going to be able to exist the same way right. or have that same independent contact or, or, or content. And so then it's just going to turn into a, a system similar to theater and TV as it is. Right. Which is the studios produce all the content. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, something like Hulu, they're not going to be able to um, compete against a company that has the resources no, yeah. and talent to make these big budget things yeah. at because they're going to be able to, like all the talent is going to go there because they have the resources right now uh we're, we're kind of on the verge of this i think dying away but it was you have tv traditional tv you have theatrical movies you have independent film and then you have streaming mm-hmm. uh, and streaming is kind of this mix of that's where you can absorb some of your uh, content from these other places, but also where you can get some more original content. And I, I think that's just going to kind of die off. Um, DirecTV is definitely going to die off. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, places like that are not going to be able to survive in the in the streaming world. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be dinosaurs, if not already. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be very quickly. Yeah, and I wonder if there's going to be, like, I know, like, um, NBC has their... Uh, streaming series that's gonna mm-hmm. start peacock and peacock <laughs> and everyone is really getting yeah. into the game of this so i wonder if there's going to be a kind of hierarchy where some of those fall away and yeah. people they're just like they can't really play this kind of game mm-hmm. that game because their content isn't up to snuff and you can already see it with netflix and hulu they're losing more of their uh, big studio content. They're already yeah. having to survive on their original content or a lot of independent content. I mean, there's still going to be a market for that. Right. I don't foresee Netflix or Hulu going anywhere. I think they're going to have to adapt to the new landscape. Yeah. But there's always going to be these smaller film labels that need somewhere to put their their films. Right. Um, but I think the people that are paying for Netflix, the people that are paying for Hulu, are going to feel that loss of content or that reduction in quality or whatever you want to call that, they're going to feel it. And yeah. all the excitement's going to be over at Warner or it's going to be over at HBO or it's going to be over at Universal or, or Disney Plus. Yeah, but it's going to be such a pain because then people are going to fall away from Netflix because they don't have what they want. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to have to go to um, one of the big companies to get their small portion of things and then they're going to have to go to somewhere else to get it and it's just like people are going to get i think overloaded by these streaming services and i already feel overloaded i'll go to amazon prime Uh, yeah for example and like this alien documentary i watched okay it's 5.99 to rent it on amazon prime the first thing i did was well i don't want to pay 5.99 if it's streaming for free on one of the other services that i've got yeah 
So now I, I stop, I leave Amazon Prime, I go to Netflix, I go to Hulu, now I check in here, I check in there. The more streaming services, the more I have to figure out where is the content I want that I don't have to pay extra for right. it because I'm already paying for it somewhere else. Yeah. I just, it's going to be very interesting to watch. Interesting is the word of this podcast. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did the same thing this past week where this might be a little bit of a what you watch in Willis, but oh, wow. I watched this um, documentary called Echo in the Canyon about the um, music scene in the 60s yeah, yeah, in yeah. California. And um, I had been told about it by a coworker. And the only place I could find it two weeks ago was on Amazon. Mm -hmm. So I was like, but I didn't want to pay the six ninety nine because mm -hmm. I was only mildly interested in seeing it. So luckily, like this week, it popped up on Netflix, mm -hmm. and so I played the waiting game there, and it eventually popped up. And I don't know, is that what we're gonna <laughs> do with everything? I don't See, that already drives me nuts. Yeah, because I'll I'm much quicker than you to just like, oh, I'll pay five Some bucks to rent that. Some things I am. Yeah. But then, sure enough, I'll pay it, and then it pops up on Hulu yeah. or Netflix or something I'm already paying for a yeah. week later. Or worse, Amazon, I rent it through them, and then a week later, That's it pops I, up Amazon Prime. Oh, now yeah, it's part of our service. I've done that, too, with them. <sighs> and it's frustrating, but I don't know. I get it. Yeah. It's, it's not like it's their fault. They're yeah. doing their company company thing. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's one of those, it's another little minor irritation. Every little minor irritation makes you regret having the system as it's set up. Yeah. Usually I'll do that. Like if it's a, I'll rent a movie on Amazon. If it's something I wanted to see in the theater, didn't yep. catch and it pops up on there for three ninety nine, four ninety nine, whatever. And mm -hmm. so it feels like a win there because I didn't spend the $12 at the movie theater and like me and my wife can both watch it. So, but yeah, it is frustrating when couple days later it's for free well i have this thing i do now where i will every six months or eight months i will go to the bank and say i lost my check card <laughs> i'm Follow very me. curious where this is going because <laughs> i think it's a jail sentence <laughs> no it's not it's not they'll give me a new debit card uh -huh. with a new number and they'll cancel yes. the old number now what this does is that all of these things that I've signed up for and I've agreed to pay for monthly, it cuts them off. Oh. And they all have to email me. And then I can be selective and like, okay, I, I yeah. actually only this last six months used these three. And so those are the only things I'm going to update my card on. Yeah. And it's it's essentially a, a, a mass cancel. It's like <laughs> a, a genocide of streaming yeah. services. Because I have this problem. I'm going to admit it here to you. I think I have the same one. Probably. I, I'm just like, oh, $5 a month? Yeah. That's I'm doing nothing. that with Shutter right now. I'll pay that, right? But then it builds up, and I don't realize that I've done that with 10, 15 different services. Yeah. And suddenly I'm looking at my bank statement like, how am I losing money at this yeah. rate? And it's because I sign up for all these things. So. Yeah. Life lesson, cancel that debit card, and you don't have to go through service by service. It's great. Yeah. It's wonderful. Okay. I'll it works. Try that out. Hot, hot life tip right there. Cancel that card, and uh, it's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Because they all start emailing you in a panic. Like, hey, hey, buddy, where are you going? Are you, it's, what do we do? Is it okay? What happened? What we still happened? love you. Yeah, and you're all like, it's not me. It's, it's you, or it's... Yeah. It's, it's not, not me. You. It actually is you. <laughs> I don't want to pay you anymore. It's not you. It's me. It's just there's so much content out there. And just, you know, 
Does the word content bother you? Yes. Yeah, me But too. I don't have anything else for it. Yeah. It takes it, away the, the artistic yeah. uh, nature of what you're talking about. And yeah. it really comes down to raw, the number of series and number of films you yeah. have available. Yeah. It's content. Yeah. It's consumable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it bothers me, but... It bothers me a lot. A little bit of industry lingo there, Clint. <laughs> the content. Mean, yeah, we're not a part of that. Well, you know. Right. We're, just, yeah. You know, put content. You come up with another word and I'll use it. I'll think about we're it. We're going to start calling content cereal. Cereal? Cereal, yeah. We'll just be like... Sugary. HBO Max has some great cereal. <laughs> People are like, ooh, I like cereal. What, what are we well, talking about? Would they be di- different kinds of cereal, like really sugary cereal, yeah. the ones that are claiming to be healthy? Well, your criterion is more of like your Weedy Flake. Yeah, yeah. Whereas your Disney Plus is definitely more of your Lucky Charms. Yeah. Maybe even Captain Crunch. Captain. Cereal. <laughs> See what this is telling you? We are on the cutting edge. We're on something. <laughs> <laughs> There's no. <laughs> I wasn't implying drugs. No, that's fine. Well, let's dive right into three movies you can definitely find streaming somewhere. Although I think one you can only rent, but I might be wrong on yeah. that one. You ready to talk about some movies? Let's go for it. All right. Can we talk about this first one first? I, I mean, obviously, yeah, we're obvi- going to talk yeah. about the first one first. But I, that's how uh, numbers work. Anira. An- An- Anira. 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 I Aniara. think it's Aniara. Yeah. I, I believe it's Aniara. I said that and you made fun of me. I did. But that's why I was self-deprecating, just to save you the pain <laughs> of mispronouncing it. I'll I believe it's pain Aniara. It's I a Swedish film. Cry myself to sleep. Yes. It is on Hulu right now uh, for free if you already pay for Hulu. So, so not it's really not free. free. It just feels free. Yeah. It's all an illusion. Reality mm-hmm. is false. Don't look behind the curtain. No. Anyway, Aniara uh, is this... Uh, It's a Swedish film about this spaceship Mm -hmm. that is supposed to go from Earth to Mars in three weeks. Just a kind of a standard mission that I think seems like it passengers. It seems like they're offloading. They never explicitly say they're offloading from Earth and repopulating to Mars, presumably because we've screwed up the Earth. Yeah, but it Um, seems like something that they've been doing regularly for a amount of time to get this. And this is a massive ship full of thousands of people. Massive. Uh, city ship, city ship. Uh, and it goes off course uh, by accident and uh, they have to eject their nuclear fuel rods uh, for this reason or that reason plot yeah there's like and, a accident of some sort yes. where like meteors or there's space trash I think that hits yeah. the ship and kind of punctures and so it just it turns into this film about a ship that is off course it is going to be a long time before they're able to make their way back to Earth. And so it's just, let's find out or what happens. Or get back happens. on the course to Mars. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Let's find out what happens to this group of people uh, over the course of this much longer time period than they were anticipating. Uh, yeah, what was it? Like, it said four years? Was it? Well, like, we said two years Two initially. years, and then it just kept and It goes upping. much longer. Yeah. Um, so we're definitely going to get into some spoiler territory on this. Uh, if we haven't already. Kind of review if we haven't already. I don't think we've given away anything that hasn't already been in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about this movie? First impressions. Um, first impressions is I was always in a foreign language movie. I always feel like I'm a little bit behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one afterwards I really appreciated and kind of took it in and got to think about it. And um 
at the time I felt like I was always one step behind, mm-hmm. just like I said. But I, I really, I did enjoy it. I really mm-hmm. liked it by the end. And uh, at, like thinking about it the next couple of days afterwards. This movie made me want to die. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have that feeling, but... It's an excellent movie. Yeah, yeah. I am not upset that I watched yeah. it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, but by the end of it, I felt... Well, it made me feel um, very small. And very small. Yeah. It's a very bleak film. Yeah. Even when it is attempting to reverse course on that bleakness. Right. Wow, it doubles and triples down on that bleakness. Um, I I absolutely love the world it creates on that ship. I love the, the characters it presents. I love the way it moves through time. Yeah, me too. Um, and I, I really appreciated early on, uh, there's a plot element where it introduces a room mm-hmm. that... It's not a popular room. It's designed just to sort of be a therapeutic people who are having a difficult time with a three-week travel or that transition from yeah, Earth to Mars. Yeah, it gives you kind of a, a, a sense of spiritual well-being and like yeah. a kind of a almost like you're in touch with the Earth again, like you haven't left. It just gives you, yeah, a sense once, of calm. And... Once things go off course and people really start to break down and panic, people pack this room uh, and eventually it I, I loved when it started going in the direction of year four the cults where this idea of this thing has died and they're worshiping it or begging it for forgiveness or there are all it, these different because it goes offline mm-hmm. through I can't remember exactly the just overload it, it gets it, overloaded it had too many people coming yeah. in too often yeah and, and it just couldn't and it follow the main character of the story it follows the woman who basically runs this room yeah. And that's her job. And, yeah, the, the machine that operates this room gets overloaded. And, so yeah, it goes down for a period of time and people start losing it. That's when they really start yeah. to lose it. And they start worshipping it as a god and because they just are absent of this sense of spiritual feeling anymore. Yeah. And they're trying to fill it in different ways. Well, in the movie moving, I think it goes uh, day one and then... Day three, then week one, year one, then two, three, four, five. Then it jumps to year seven, year 10, year 24, and then year five million. Yeah, it's some ridiculous thousands or million yeah. years. And that's not even to tell part of the story other than that's how long it took for them to encounter that celestial body that the captain said would take them two years. Yeah. Um. And so it was just it was it was a really good film. It was it was very interesting in the way that it that it handled its characters' descent into madness. I thought the performances yeah. were top to bottom excellent. I think the only performances or the only performance that wasn't great was the captain's beard. It was <laughs> it was um, I totally noticed it was a little that black too. box theater. It uh, was it a wasn't, little, you could see it was glued on a bit, yeah, but yeah. Uh, oh well. I mean. Yeah, it, um, it, it certainly didn't ruin anything. No. I, I really enjoyed the progression. I felt like every segment was different in its own right. And yeah. it really did some interesting things. I like, it didn't fill in a lot of blanks, but you could tell so yeah, much had happened. Yeah. And I think that's why I felt like I was one step behind. Because I think from the early on in the film, I didn't totally understand the significance of the room. Mm-hmm. And what it was... Like I kind of was picking up on what it was, but I just didn't totally know how it fit into the 
lives of these people mm-hmm. and till afterwards and kind of i think i might even just went back and read the synopsis and i was like oh okay why well, uh, that's what okay that totally makes sense so have you watched this movie a second time no i should do it yeah it's and not I'm... only is each segment really well constructed but the second time through uh which i i watched this almost back to back oh really uh, it was in very short succession huh. Uh, I was that fascinated and slash depressed by it. But uh, I was like, I need to find hope somewhere yeah. back in this not hope. I love the film. moments where they uh, almost, there's moments of hope yeah. almost, but it always gets dashed. Yeah. <laughs> the second time through, I hadn't realized at all the first time how much they set up the next segment Yeah. in that current segment. So before you even get to cults, all the pieces of the cults yeah. are there. Yeah. Before you get to the the strange, I, I think they call it the Jurgen, which opens with a weird future rave, uh-huh. which is kind of like a hybrid of, of rave and line dancing yeah. <laughs> in Sweden. But uh, everything is there by the time you leave one segment before you leave one episode and go into the next. And that was... The second kind of time, showing the natural progression of how they're getting to these. Like, yeah, all yeah. the pieces are put into place. Yeah. So that even though it's jarring at first when you get to the next one, it all tracks. Yeah. It yeah. all makes sense. I, I felt that way for yeah. sure. Nothing felt like, how did we get to this point? It felt like the natural progression of if you're in this situation, you could totally see it happening. I really like the uh, portion with the probe where they find the space probe. They find it. Yeah. And that's it. it. That's it. And they can't get into it. It, It's not what they thought it would be. No. And there's the one shot much, much later in the film where it's just sort of sitting in the dark hangar with all these scorch marks Mm -hmm. with who knows how many attempts to get inside this thing that never worked. Yeah. Uh, I... I love that. Yeah. I had no idea where they were going with any of that. Is it even a human thing or have they just stumbled upon? You know, I didn't Is know where a, this film was maybe going Maybe just go. a piece of space trash that, sure. like, who knows? Like, yeah. they couldn't it's just pay. a yeah. support beam from some other yeah. craft. Um, but no, it just, it, I, it was surprisingly um, a fast film. It did yeah. not drag. Yeah, I didn't feel like it did. And again, performances were dead on. I really enjoyed uh, especially the the two lead actresses mm-hmm. were fantastic. Yeah, I thought they really set their relationship mm-hmm. up well, and like it was a natural progression. Especially when you're doing such big time jumps at moments, like it, it yeah. didn't feel like oh they're they're together all of a sudden. Like it it felt natural to me. That also was another element that the second time through, just everything that second time through, the first time through, I could tell how well it all was working together. The second time through, though. I could see how well constructed it was. Yeah, in uh, pointing forward. Um, but yeah, I I highly recommend it. it I'm was, glad uh, you liked it because I really I, I kind of really put did. it on a whim because I uh, saw the trailer and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that looks pretty interesting. And, well, and we have been talking about it for a couple of weeks, and I have put it off and put it off and yeah. put it off because I kind of had it pegged for what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be very pretentious. Uh, it yeah, was it wasn't like all. high life. Where no. that had a kind of a little bit of pretension to it. No. This, I felt like the story all tracked and yeah. Um, yeah. was it. Yeah. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. I was just surprised how awful it made me feel at the end of each viewing. <laughs> well, it really. Yeah. It, I mean, if a oof. film can make you feel anything, oof. then that's accomplishing something, I think. Ooh. Even if it's despair. They should have just called the movie Ooh. 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 Yeah, just whatever the sound of a gut punch Ooh. is. Yeah. 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 Like that thud. Not even a sucker punch, just one like you a see. A thud with an 
Yeah. One you see coming. Yeah. Uh, almost like... Like you ask for it almost. Almost like a kick that is a punch. <laughs> Speaking of which... Man, that was pro. Whatever <laughs> points I took away last week, you get two more. The next movie we're going to talk about uh, is The Art of Self-Defense. <laughs> Uh, the Art of Self-Defense uh, stars Jesse Eisenberg uh-huh. as this this poor accountant who yeah. is bullied at every aspect of his life. Uh, he's socially awkward. Uh, one night, a bicycle gang mugs Not him. Not a bicycle gang. A motorcycle gang. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It wasn't kids on tricycles. <laughs> a motorcycle. Thank Spandex. you. Spandex. A motorcycle gang uh, mugs him while he's getting dog food for his tiny wiener dog Dotson Dotson. Um, and they mug him and it it really shakes him up and so he decides I am going to go and take karate karate Karate. he's going to go and take karate uh, at this local dojo and Uh he is going to turn himself into a man Uh, Clint what were your thoughts on this one (laughs) I really liked it I thought it was a lot of fun um, I really enjoyed the kind of <laughs> off-kilter sense of humor to it. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was great. I adored this movie. <laughs> I really. Oh, good. I, was, I had a special yeah. affection, and I could feel it building. I wasn't sure. I was like, I'm not sure. Can you go either way on this film? I have I been trying to think how to word what I loved about it. And the best I can come up with is... When we're joking around and we're trying to make something sound like a more exaggerated version of what a person would say or do, yeah. and you're really tapping into the emotion behind it, that was every line of dialogue in this movie, <laughs> and I laughed so hard. I, I'm pretty sure, had we gone to see this together at the theater, yeah. it would have been one of those movie experiences where you and I are laughing like idiots, no and everyone else. else in the theater yeah. is quiet. Yeah, yeah. Um, it felt like one of those movies, but I... like. It just kept getting more and more and more yeah. uproarious for yeah. me. By the end, yeah. when he's taking care of things at the dojo, <laughs> I was half losing my mind. <laughs> and he holds up his finger and it has blood on it. Yeah. I just, this movie is genius. Yeah. I, I just, uh, it, it's seriously going to be in my top 10 of the year. Yeah. 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 It really, it's going to be one of my, when I'm just down, uh-huh. you know, when I've watched. Yeah. Uh, Aria for the fourth time. <laughs> you feel like, like I'm going to jump straight to. Downer. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to jump straight to the artist self defense. Yeah. I um. I, a little bit through it, I was kind of just curious as where it was going. Mm-hmm. Like I felt a little bit like what is actually happening. I was enjoying it and was enjoying the humor of it mm-hmm. and uh, um. Everything about it, but I just didn't know where the story was going and, until it kind of clicks in towards the end of how it ties into the beginning yeah. with the gang. Yeah. Um, then I was, I was like totally sold on it, even though, I mean, I was sold on it, but it was just the, how it came full circle. I really enjoyed. It reminded me a lot of arrested development and yeah. the way they would lay in jokes Yeah, where it would start small when they're talking about, you have to punch like it's a kick <laughs> and kick like it's a punch. Uh-huh. They were playing it so seriously and I'm giggling Yeah, like a little kid. Cause it was just so absurd to me. <laughs> It's so funny. But I when love they, when they're showing him, yeah. and you're like, didn't that feel like a punch? <laughs> He's like, yeah. When he tells him, you know, don't think of it as my foot kicking your body. Yeah. Think of it as your body kicking my foot. And he goes, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> 
but so they they rolled this out very early on and it works on its own yeah. you could just leave it there but then later when his dog is killed uh-huh. and the vet the vet comes out and he says like it's the strangest thing <laughs> says, he says he was killed with a punch but it looks like it was a foot <laughs> does that make any sense to you and jesse eisenberg goes yes it does <laughs> It was, oh, it was genius. Yeah. I just, I had so much fun with it. Yeah. Um, just when he makes the belts. Yeah. <laughs> the leather belts and there's a brown one and a black one and they're just, just regular belts. The belts are funny enough. Yeah. The fact that the sensei enjoys the belts, funny enough. You could leave it there. 20 minutes later, <laughs> the one particularly violent yet smiley uh class member yeah pulls up his shirt and says thanks for the belt thank you for the belt but he's genuine yeah and and the sensei says and his he is says brown again, right yeah his is brown and he's like it makes me feel like i'm wearing my brown belt everywhere and every time somebody mentions they go and it helps hold up my pants as if in this universe just slight alteration to reality where belts are not really a thing yeah and he has really introduced something these people had never thought of before. And they're all like, oh, when I wear this belt with my regular clothes, it has a function, too. I I like thinking I about him ordering the belt <laughs> and, like, trying to tell this company what he wants. And he's like, yeah, and I need a brown one and a black one. And them just, like... Yep. Thinking, I had well, that's, just 50. A, that's just a normal belt. and But he <laughs> they don't really tell him that, and he doesn't yep. register it. Yep. But... <laughs> Yeah, that was really funny. Oh. When when uh, he has, there's a montage where he just goes through his life uh, when he decides how he's going to be a man. And he like walks <laughs> into a diner and yeah, he's listening to metal. He walks into a diner, rips out some guy's newspaper. <laughs> and the guy goes, that that's mine. He says, no, now it is mine. <laughs> and then he sits down at the booth. And then he goes, I, that the pinnacle of that is when he goes in and he talks to the same three ridiculous co-workers yeah, who had yeah. the most boring mundane him. conversation but they bullied him yeah he walks in and he just tells them how it is and they say but there are only three seats and he's like that that is my seat <laughs> and the guy just basically okay and he gets up and walks away my favorite part was with the boss when he gets fired <laughs> where he punches him in the throat <laughs> in the throat and like the guy's like so nice to him and like genuinely wants to be his friend like oh. not in just like a workplace way he wants to be his friend outside of work and <laughs> jesse eisenberg just yeah sucker punches him in the throat and is like yeah on the surface <laughs> no one is acting well it is not written well it is not shot particularly well like nothing about the film is is in the traditional sense well done but it's but it done intentionally it, yeah it lends itself to and it lends that, itself to yeah. the absurdity of these people and how much they're committed to this thing and how yeah. much they're buying into this being a solution to the the issues of their lives yeah and they're so hyper committed to everything yeah oh, it just i could i could watch this every week for the rest of my life yeah and laugh this, every time <laughs> i was talking to my brother about this and and uh it made me us uh, reminded us of this film called the greasy strangler i haven't seen that okay I, you've mentioned it before i feel like i need to make you watch this just so that we can talk about it okay. because it has this it's the most ridiculous movie 
ever, but it has this still sense of a humor, the similar sense of humor to this, where it's just totally deadpan down the camera. What we're saying is matter of fact, but it's the stupidest thing yeah. you've ever heard. Yeah. And um, I would just love to see what you think of this film because it could also, it could just repulse you and you will, Maybe. but it would be worth seeing your face as we watch Man. it. And just everything. It reminded me a little bit of the lobster. Yeah. The lobster yeah. does a very similar yeah. thing. I don't think it's as funny or meant to be as funny, um, but it does a very similar yeah. thing. Uh, this just even down to when he's filling out the the membership and he's just like I need to know your the, how long you've been alive in months because it asks for months. <laughs> it's just so trying to do fact. the math and then he does the math and it uh, yeah everything about this movie. Uh, even, I love how um, when it goes gets towards the end and it reveals how this. Tojo is tied into him being beaten at the end. Amazing. And how amazing. How he just goes along with it. Yep. It doesn't like skip a beat. Yep. And like here there's a little bit of apprehension him going along with it, but then he just it's like, well, this is where I am now, and this is what's gonna happen. And he I mean, the plot of this movie leads to he killed a cop. <laughs> He killed multiple people. And they just breeze past. He gets a red stripe. And they yeah. breeze right past that. He killed a man in a parking garage. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. He kills a man him. in a parking garage. Kills a cop. He kills and then he the, kills at the sensei. end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was... That's, man. Um, when he shot him at first, I, I laughed. Indiana Jones in the street shooting swordsman. Yeah. That's funny. That, But again... The they never day. stop at the first joke. Yeah. They always go more absurd, and they they really bank on what they've done before. Mm-hmm. And oh, it just I appreciate delightful. Yeah, I really appreciate actually his relationship with uh, Emily. Emma, yes, Emma, what's her name? Imogene Poots. Yes, where it wasn't. It didn't turn into some like romantic sexual relationship. No. It was just like in the context of this dojo and the hierarchy. Mutual respect. Yeah, mutual respect yeah. and like. Where he, like, she was actually supposed to be higher, like, mm-hmm. had a higher level belt. But she's been, just because she's a woman in this situation, they're not allowing her to um, move up. And even he when, felt like that was a wrong. Yeah. yeah. And even when he commandeers the entire dojo at the end. <laughs> yeah. And he hands her the black belt. The first thing she says is, get in line, yellow belt. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, oh. yeah. Everything about this movie. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I had the biggest smile the yeah. whole time I watched this. And I started out the first five minutes. I was just very like, "What's happening here? And are the, is this on purpose? Is it just his character? Uh, yeah. When he's learning French and everything, and just my smile. The whole movie got bigger and bigger, <laughs> bigger and bigger. Um, it was, oh, yeah, it was a lot it. of fun. Yeah, I did keep getting distracted by uh, the actor who plays the sensei because <laughs> when I originally watched the trailer for this movie, I thought it was Michael Fassbender. I really did. Yeah, well, they show and, him quickly, and he yes. does kind and of... I went into this movie thinking it was Jesse Eisenberg and Michael Fassbender, and as soon as he walked on screen, I'm like, that is not Michael <laughs> Fassbender. <laughs> and it's, a, it's, it's a, a character actor, a more obscure guy, and I could not figure out where he was from. Yeah. And then you were reading his IMDb page before we started recording, and you were like, face-off. And I'm like, face-off? He wasn't in face-off. Like, I got offended by it. And then I realized really when angry. I went and looked, I did. When I looked at pictures, he's Pollux Troy. He's Castor Troy's brother. Oh, okay. Um, I've never that, seen Face Off. What? Your face just fell off. You've <laughs> never seen 
Okay. That so, was from a, you know, like that time period in my life growing up where I wasn't allowed to see anything. So like, next like, week, I am <laughs> I am going to watch The Greasy Strangler before you leave. I need to watch that film with you. That's fine. You can watch it too. We're going to review The Greasy Strangler next week. And before you leave this $1.5 million podcasting complex that we built last week. I like the new chandeliers. Thank you. Yeah. I thought they were nice. I thought they were not an unnecessary expense. Uh, we both, just while recording, looked at the ceiling. <laughs> we were that committed. I was. Uh, but I'm going to watch The Greasy Strangler. And before you leave this house, you are going to grab my copy of Face Off. <laughs> okay. And you are going to watch Face Off. Okay. Because I am telling you right now, it is not a movie that has withstood the test of time. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, that is not a movie, that is art. <laughs> <laughs> no. I am telling you, I am, I am spoiling right out of the That's, gate. Yeah. It is not a movie that feels like anything other than the number 1996. Yeah. Uh, which I believe is the year in which it was released. And everything about that film oozes. <laughs> it never went beyond 96. <sighs> There's still some good stuff in there. Yeah. Nicolas Cage is particularly fun. But, oh, man, are you in for a treat. Yeah. So, uh, watch Aniara. And then... Right when you want to rip your face off after watching Aniara, watch The Art of Self-Defense and you will uh, really feel like a manic depressive after those two two films. Okay. It's quite the high and low. So. <laughs> which one's the high and which was the low? Art of Self-Defense is definitely the high uh, because, man, Aniara. Yeah, you're right. Anywho, Anywho, movie number three, the yes. one I have been trying to get you to watch for quite a while, and I fear I have misled you. <laughs> Every time. Your enthusiasm cannot be matched on this film. And I'm uh, sad to say it. Let's talk about the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Uh, I'll start. Okay. Because I enjoyed this movie. I, I found it. It was this little gem. That I thought was a gem. Uh-huh. And I had a good time with it. It was not what I expected. It was more about uh, just the, finding your place as an old man in a world where you once thought things were one way and now they're another. Uh, and I really sold you on this film. And I can tell by <laughs> your face every time I mention it and you look away that, uh, what'd you think of this movie, Clint? <laughs> well... It was all the things you said. <laughs> it really took itself seriously. <laughs> you sound like you're about to break up with me. <laughs> I mean, our relationship was everything you thought it was. And you took and much it more. very seriously. <laughs> but. And so did I for a time. But <laughs> seasons come and seasons go. Oh. No. That, that hurt. It did. Um, well, okay, up to, I was kind of, not, okay, I'm not going to say I was sold on it, but I was into it in the beginning through all the Hitler, like, killing and all that, and getting into the life of this older man who is kind of reconciling with his past and looking back on things he, his, um, missing out on now, like love and I, I like that idea, but it I also it kind of gave me the feeling of like Forrest Gump, 
It had this Forrest Gump feel to it. I don't know if that was solely the music's fault. It had a very sweeping score. It was not that a was great really score. trying yeah. to get some emotion out of me, and um, I I wasn't totally like I feel like Sam Elliott was doing pretty good for what he was given, but they didn't give him a lot to do. Being in like just the nature of how this film is constructed, where it's this older man reliving uh, the memories of his past life his past through seeing pictures on walls <laughs> seeing people in windows <laughs> it was just all these convenient things laid out to tell the story of th- this man's past mm-hmm. and i think if it was just the story of this man who killed hitler you it, hated how bigfoot looked didn't you I hated how Bigfoot looked. <laughs> you didn't like his wide, buggy eyes? This emaciated Bigfoot with doll eyes? No. It was, grossed it was, me out, man. It was, it, was, it was not the high point of the film. Okay. I'm going to just skip ahead to the whole section where he's introduced to this mission of Bigfoot. Really lost me. And so, what's his name? Ron Livingston is yep. that from um, the office, office space. Yeah, yes. Comes to this elderly man who we've learned killed Hitler in his youth, which I was fine with that part. And if it was just the story of this old man who had killed Hitler, and he, no one believes him. No one believes the tales that he did this, and or he's going to go to his grave knowing the fact that he did this. Had a little bit of a Bubba Hotep vibe. Yeah, I was kind mm-hmm. of okay with that. Mm-hmm. Until it introduces the second half of the title of this film. And then the Bigfoot. And then the Bigfoot. where <laughs> You didn't like the virus spreading Bigfoot? That was... No. <laughs> it's the most convoluted way... Yes, Ron Livingston <laughs> telling the tale of there's Bigfoot loose. Mm-hmm. He's out there He's got a virus. in our northern wilderness. We need you to come, Sam Elliott. You're the only one, Obi-Wan. You're our only hope to come and kill the Bigfoot. You have the only blood type that is immune. It's immune. He's the only one left alive immune to kill the Bigfoot. Side note, you know what also is immune from this virus? Firebombing an acre of forest to prevent the spread of a deadly virus. Yeah. Just, you know, go on. He's the only one immune (laughs) to kill Bigfoot. So he's he agrees. After some pondering over with his brother on a park bench. He doesn't want to kill another living thing again. He doesn't want to kill another living thing. Wait, he had chocolates on a bench? Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Um, so Terrible. He, Terrible I know. Clint. I know. <laughs> anyway, so he agrees to do this. And he goes, and they say, we have, we have your equipment here. Just pick from the, our litter of weapons. And it turns into Shaun of the Dead, or like Evil Dead all of a sudden, where it's quick shots. It's stylistic change. See, I'm rubbing my face because I'm crying and laughing and reliving how much fun I have with this movie. Uh-huh. You are rubbing your face because it physically hurt you. 
I can see it. It, it, it pained you. No, it just boggled my mind when it got to that portion of the film. Where, like, how convoluted it was to get him to the point he's going to kill Bigfoot. When you talk about it and you explain it like that, I don't like the movie either. I don't know why you didn't see it for what it was at that point. You really put some blinders on with that first half, I think. But you've had movies like that. Let's let's shift and talk about that. Don't don't watch the Hitler Bigfoot movie. I, I let Clint down. But <laughs> No, watch it. That second half is fantastic because it's so crazy. It's one of the craziest things I've seen in a while in a film. <laughs> it's weird. It's, it's really weird. weird. It's weird. And it's like bookended with like this Forrest Gumpy like But there are movies that you see that you love and it makes no sense and you just had a good day. Or movies that are are good but you don't like them because you just had a bad day. I think people and I, I think this affects critics, I think this affects fans. You go into a movie and your mood and what you're going through that week oftentimes dictates how much or how little or right where like, does something click with me? If I had watched The Art of Self-Defense last week, would I have been as delighted by it as I was this week? Probably, because it's of such high quality. <laughs> I think it would have gotten me at any point. Yeah. So that puts that film into a different class. There are other movies, I, your guilty pleasure movies, or whatever you want to call them, where I, I really think it just comes down to what mood you were in or what you watched before it or how your day went. I think you were just caught off guard from this film because there was nothing about this film. I think you so. You just jumped into it and I could see that happening, but <laughs> I think I had the context of what you told me about it and what the title told me about it <laughs> and how it unfolds was just wilder than I had imagined. I think I appreciated what it was trying to do and so I gave it more leeway. I think the level of seriousness it took really hindered it. Hmm. I think if it was a little more tongue-in-cheek and played into what it was doing and switched gears a little sooner, I think it would have benefited from that. You know what I mean? So which director, which filmmaker, had they made this movie, would you have loved their version of it? I think if like Quentin Tarantino or something had made this, because the first half almost had that where it's him behind enemy lines yeah. getting into um place to kill hitler like the, and i like that portion of it and i think if it just started it pushed the style a little bit more and didn't take itself so seriously like because i did like some of the ideas of this man who's like trying to deal with the fact that he even though it was hitler he killed a man and he doesn't see himself as a killer and him dealing with the loss of this love that he had to give up to go uh, um, overseas to war. Like, I like those aspects, but it, it just wasn't done in a way that I think it benefited from. Benefited from. I want to see two versions of this movie. I want to see one that's made by Wes Anderson. Yeah. And I want to see one that's made by David Fincher. <laughs> and I want to watch this movie from those filmmakers uh -huh. that's that would be my like man that's an ice cream sundae right there what style of david fincher like just full-on like girl with the dragon tattoo really dark and yeah yeah super dark super serious but then on the other side of it wes anderson in full grand Budapest so like they would be working mode. together no 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 oh, okay. i, I want to see this movie 
I don't in, think in it, those two scenarios. I want to see the full Wes Anderson version of that movie, and I yeah. want to see the full David Fincher version of that idea. I think, um, I think uh, like a, a Tiki Watiti, oh, that'd be he so would do fun. a really good like the Jojo Rabbit. I'm like, so excited to see Jojo yeah. Rabbit. Just from the trailers, I feel like that could idea could work. But I think if it went venture, I think that just would push the seriousness too much. Where you, I just the second half of this film just does not work with the first half. I wonder how often that happens to somebody because a lot of these smaller films, you have somebody who is wearing all the hats. They are writer, director, producer, often soundtrack, all of these things, and it's it's not that they're i'm i'm not saying every filmmaker who does that thinks that they're the best thing ever at those things it's probably because of limitations or connections or budget or or those sorts of things but i also wonder when you have a filmmaker who does all of that are they actually just a writer are they actually just a director and yeah they can do the other stuff uh out of necessity but is their heart like or, or their talents really i'm a screenwriter and yeah. if you put that same script with uh, a different filmmaker, a different director, would it really bring that script out and bring right. it to life? Or vice versa. Maybe the script is what needed work, and he's a fine director, but he just needed you know, fine-tuning on the script end of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's I like, don't I don't know, like Zack Snyder, mm-hmm. where he's pretty um, well-versed in directing but say like sucker punch where that was his only feature where he had written it and it's just like clearly a mess yeah he's much better when he's adapting and when he's using somebody else's work and building on that with his visuals and his style yeah uh 300 or Watchmen or what have you yeah sucker punch is rough yeah um i had another example but i I lost it it's all right It's all right. But I totally would recommend this movie. Really? Oh, what a turnaround. I just thought... No, it's not that I, I hated it. You. No, no. It's just... Now, <laughs> I see, think it's for the opposite week, reason. The opposite of reason why you would recommend it. Last week, you got on me after we were finished recording. Because <laughs> even though I really enjoyed... Uh, what was it? I lost Mid-summer. it now. Midsummer. <laughs> Even though I had really enjoyed that, just in talking about it, you got the impression I didn't like it as much. And even as the words are coming out of my mouth, I'm like, I'm making it sound like I don't like this movie. And yeah. I love this movie. And you just you just did the same thing. You hypocrite. You no, I didn't. Hypocrite. I thought you hated <laughs> I don't it. Think it's, I don't think it's a good movie. But I think that second half of this movie <laughs> is so wild that you need to watch it. So the second half didn't ruin it for you. It made it better. No, it <laughs> it's a very like, complicated like path that I'm on with this film, where right. that second half mate lost me, but in such a spectacular fashion that I highly recommend you see it because that second half is so it's wild. The cinematic equivalent of watching people fall off of skateboards on YouTube. Yeah, but I don't like to watch people get hurt, so I don't watch that. You just like watching movies fall apart. Yeah. It's just the way they do the second half of this film (laughs) and how it's introduced with, you're the only one. (laughs) You're the only one with the proper blood type. And this Bigfoot is going to wipe out humanity. That's... (laughs) It's a really really small Bigfoot. 
It is not a large. Well, he's emaciated because he's sick. Is that what that was? Yeah, he's like sickly about to emaciated die. Emaciated doesn't make you short. No, he was he was long and tall. Tallish. Oh, and he fights like a human. Yeah, he he was trying to choke him out. <laughs> it wasn't just like beating him to death. He was mm. like had him by the neck. Mm. He was like, "I want to see the light go from your eyes, Sam Elliott." <laughs> I'm going to steal your mustache. It's going to give me power. All right. So, uh, Ani Aria, <laughs> which I think we've said eight different ways. That's one definite yeah. watch. Uh, the Art of Self-Defense is the highlight this week for me. I just... Yeah. I want to watch it's it again just enjoyable. after talking about it. Yeah. Uh, and the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot is a... If not, just Watch catch the spectacular the mess. And, yeah. All right. I, I enjoyed it more, but admittedly i had to forgive a lot <laughs> to enjoy it a lot more i think if i had watched it on like you did i may have been a little more forgiving but i think <laughs> you really pushed this one yeah, yeah i shouldn't have i set your expectations too high it was well, foolish no I, I still had them kind of low just because well, the title but it just it outdid itself with that second right. half of the film all right. When's your I favorite time to watch it. a movie? Because I watched that one at like two a.m. Uh, well, I generally watch start something around like ten. Okay. If I can do it earlier, that's better. I won't fall asleep. Okay. Yeah. Two. Um. So other movies that are spectacular messes, <laughs> but are still you gotta watch this. Uh, think of yours. Mine. I can tell you right off the bat is the Predator. The Predator <laughs> is one. Don't laugh at me, Clint. I'm not going to talk about The Predator because I hate this film, but it is one that I need other people to see so they can hate it with me. Yeah, and um, I went along with you on that. It's a spectacular mess. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but, but I tell people to watch it. Yeah. Do you have others like that? I can't think of anything off the okay. top of my head. Maybe it's when we come back to where I we make a we'll list. we'll come back to that because I'm, I'm really intrigued what your top five spectacular messes yet I will still recommend. This one's going on there. Okay. Yeah, but I, y'all have to ponder it. Because there's like Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth is a spectacular mess, but I would never recommend it to somebody. It's I awful. mean, like The Room. It's not fun. The Room is crazy okay. and worth yeah. checking out. Um, we'll I come know, back Yeah, we'll you come back. You have to think about now. Well, I'm trying. I want, no, I want to give you time with okay. this one. Yeah, I I've never to... seen Battlestar Galactic. Or, or uh, Battleship. What is it? Battleship. <laughs> what is it? What is it called? <laughs> <laughs> battleship seen... earth marshmallows battleship earth marshmallows <laughs> you were just really struggling i for was words. gonna say battlestar galactica and then i was gonna say battleship earth is it battleship earth i think it's battlefield earth battlefield earth did i say battlefield earth i think you time? did i just it went out one ear and the other okay yeah well when you watch face off just know that john travolta and nicholas gage have a lot of these spectacular messes that you'll still recommend movies i cannot wait to see your face after face off i really this is going to be a treat i might be a different person coming back next time it's going to be you might be different face this is going to be a special treat i think you're gonna i mean is this going to be are we going to review this or is it going sort of i still love face off no it's not a good movie yeah i love it it's so it's so wackadoodle weird it's great. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It's such a mishmash of script and filmmaker and effects and performance and 
I don't think any of it is cohesive <laughs> at all, but it's it's just yeah, man, I can't wait for you to watch it. I can't believe you've never seen it. Yeah, it's one of those I missed. It was a time period in my life where my parents ruled the remote. My absolute favorite thing about Face Off, and it's one of those had to be there moments. My wife, she wasn't my wife at the time, but uh, we were dating and we went to see it in the theater. And we're sitting there, and I kid you not, there were these two old women in the back of the theater, and one of them, three quarters of the way through the movie, three quarters, oh, face off, face off, <laughs> that loud, and everybody kind of snickers, and, but she was just so... Finally, the movie had clicked. Oh, it's not just a face-off between two characters. It means more than one thing. And every time I watch that movie, every <laughs> second of that movie, that that little old lady, uh, God rest her soul, I'm assuming, uh, is in the back of my head saying that. And it just, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's great. unforgettable. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> Hopefully right. I'll have that same reaction when I see it. I, I just, I can't wait. Yeah. I cannot wait for you to see it. I'm so excited right now. It's going to be like Christmas in early November. I feel like there's a lot of those John Travolta movies from that time that I've never seen. And that's probably a good thing. I should. Yeah. 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 I'm not there a was, fan of there was this Travolta. whole big thing about how John Travolta was coming back and he was having this big renaissance because of Pulp Fiction. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he got more popular and he was in a lot of movies all of a sudden. Yeah. Not many of them are good movies. Yeah. There's not a lot of uh, good stuff there. So. Yeah, I think I can't even. That might be the only movie I really like him in. Pulp Fiction? Yeah, there's probably more, but. There's gotta be more. I don't know. There's gotta be. His hairline always freaks me out. He does have a strange. He and Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. (laughs) Nicholas. Nicholas. Episode three of Cinebabble has gone off the rails when it comes to pronunciation. Nicholas Cage. Cage. Man, that's a character. I want to make that our mascot. <laughs> it's just Nicholas Cage holding up his shirt, and there's like nothing there. <laughs> that that would have been a really good title. Nipple Cage for the yeah. for this. Nipple Cage movie podcast. That would have been great. And maybe we can figure a segment out for that. Yeah. Nipple Cage. <laughs> that's next. That's what we're going. So next week mm-hmm. we've got to do. Top five Nicolas Cage performances. And not like best performances. Okay. Yeah. But most delightful Nicolas Cage performances. It could be in a bad movie, but Nicolas Cage is just out of his mind. Um, I want to know your five on that one. Okay. That'll yeah. make me happy. I can do that. So you're going to watch Face Off? Yeah. I'm going to watch well, I mean, the that might Strangler. be at the top of the list. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I He's... Here's the problem. I'll warn There's you a lot front. of performances I do really like of him. Nicolas Cage is playing this demented killer in Face Off. And he's in full Nicolas Cage mode. But then, Nicolas Cage, for most of the movie, has to shift into this very sad, morose, dad, FBI guy. Yeah. And you get this bright flare of Nicolas Cage going nuts at the beginning of the movie. And then he's not anything interesting um, for the rest of the movie. That's, but then John Travolta. But John gets, Travolta is oh, face off, face off, <laughs> and they do impressions of each other. That's yeah. fun. But from the Nicolas Cage side, you only get a brief hint of Nicolas Cage crazy in this movie. Mm-hmm. 
So just be warned about that. I don't yeah. want you to. If the characters had been flipped and Nicolas Cage was the boring detective, but then for most of the movie, he is this killer in a detective's yeah, that body, makes more sense. that would have been so much better. Yeah. So much better. John Travolta does well, but yeah. Nicolas Cage. Mm. So, all right. Yeah. So this has been Cinebabble episode three. Oh, sure we'll back. Sure has. We'll be back <laughs> next week with more uh, episodes also of Perils of Parenting. Hopefully we'll skip that portion. I'd really <laughs> like to. I think maybe if kids just do their homework, we could just skip all that together. Yeah. We're yeah. going gonna to solve teenagers next week, Clint. Mm-hmm. Face off, solve teenagers. At the very least, maybe they're the right blood type and they can <laughs> kill Bigfoot for you. I don't think if Check your child's a, blood type. They I don't might think be. If there's ever a viral strain of Bigfoot, that teenagers are going to be the one that solved that problem for us. No. Teenagers are going to solve guns and global warming, not viral Bigfoots. I think that's. I mean, I hope they don't get rid of all the guns. They're going to need them to kill the Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that, this has been episode three. We're still in search of a sign off statement. We'll never find it. Good night. <laughs>